Welcome to Discover Central, the podcast that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the life of students, staff and alumni at London's Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. I'm your host, Scott, and welcome to our second series. As we embark on a new academic year, we'll be spending the next six episodes introducing you to members of our community. We'll be learning about some of Central's world-class research and the innovative new teaching methods our academics are pioneering, exploring projects focusing on environmental sustainability, and catching up with our alumni in the industry. And if you're planning to audition with us this year, you won't want to miss our special audition episode where we'll be speaking with members of our auditions team and current students who've been through the process firsthand and can give you tips on getting the most out of your audition with Central. Today, we'll be speaking with Central's Dr. Javeria Shah and her research collaborator from the Centre for Race, Education and Decoloniality at Leeds Beckett University, Dr. Shona Hunter who will tell us more about their upcoming series of events, Black History Interruptions. We'll also hear from Central Student Union's Black and Ethnic Minorities Officer, Monica Beckel-Strachan. Javeria is Central's Inclusion Specialist, the Programme Leader for the Learning Centre, a lecturer on the MA Acting for Screen course, and the founding chair of the school's Global Majority Staff Network. A sociologist with specialisms in visual and social cultures, Javeria is a visiting academic at a number of other institutions, including the Centre for Race, Education and Decoloniality at Leeds Beckett University, the University of Winchester and the University of Arts London. Outside of higher education, she is an engaged activist and artist and the founder of the Social Performance Network. Shona is a reader for the Carnegie School of Education at Leeds Beckett University, as well as their programme director for research degrees and a member of the Centre for Race, education and decoloniality. She has been writing, teaching and researching into the social, cultural and emotional politics of the state for nearly 20 years, holding academic posts at the universities of Birmingham, Lancaster and Leeds, along with visiting positions at the universities of Sydney, Australia, Mannheim, Germany, Cape Town, Rhodes and currently in Johannesburg, South Africa. Hi Javeria and Shona. Hi Scott, thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having me Scott. Uh, so let's get started. I mean, tell me what were each of your paths into academia and what are your specific areas of research? So for me, that's Shona. My kind of path into academia was relatively traditional in that um, I kind of came straight from my undergraduate through postgraduate degrees, but I was positioned in a policy context. So I started off in a school of social policy and social work as it was then. I had a really interdisciplinary education, undergraduate degrees at Birmingham, which is where I was at the time when I first started out, were very interdisciplinary. So I had lots of insight into the relationship between culture, economics, the state, social history, psychology, all of that sort of stuff and became really interested in issues of power kind of quite early on. That very start of my career took me to quite interesting sets of questions, I suppose, around how power produces itself, not only in formal spaces, like in the context of the state, but in informal kind of context. So in the school, um, in the medical centre, between friends, peers and all of that sort of stuff. Because I'm interested in power, uh, because I adopt a feminist and critical race perspective on those issues, I very quickly started to become interested in kind of white masculinities and really how we understand power ideals in the context of the global colonial. And that took me 
10 or so, 12 years now ago, maybe, to setting up um, the White Spaces Research Network, as was then when I was at the University of Leeds. But that's developed into a much broader public intellectual project called White Spaces. There's loads of parallels between Shona, you and I, aren't there? I think that's probably why we get on so well. So I also <laughs> come from an interdisciplinary background. My original background was film and television and media broader media actually so I had quite a diverse portfolio career in the media industry varying from expat publications doing as assistant editorships on those right all the way up to working as a freelance non-linear video editor I saw the transition from analog to digital uh, giving a little bit away about my age there so yeah I, I had this background really diverse background but I started working with probationaries and mentoring them through video projects and that's what sparked my interest in education so I made the transition in the early 2000s to education and I taught in the further and uh, higher education sectors for quite some time yeah, I had a really broad portfolio of, of teaching that I was doing, ranging from media and film to teacher training. I became very interested in lived experience, individual voice, and how lived experiences can be shaped by the state and how our identity formations kind of feed in to the way that we interact socially and how that, that sort of comes from cultural, societal and environmental family contexts. I embarked on a PhD as I was teaching in, in FE um, and it was non-funded. It was all off my own back and um, it was interdisciplinary. So sociology, uh, social policy and media education. I am now an interdisciplinary academic and I specialize in those three sort of broad areas, but I'm specifically interested in socialization, identity formation and situating lived experience within, within that praxis. What was it that brought you to Central? So I actually came to Central off the back of the teacher training side to what I was doing. And I originally was pathway leader for the PGCE Media Studies at Central many years ago, uh, <laughs> uh, around the sort of GOBE period of, of education policy making. And it was really interesting, actually, because I was finding that there were parallels between my PhD at the time and my own lived experiences. And it, it all just came together so interestingly it just showed how quite often our lived experiences can come out of that that sort of rhetorical way of, of looking at things so that's how I ended up at Central and then my work at Central just kept progressing and going into different directions in ways that were just complementary to all the different strands of experience that I'd accumulated in, in the education sector and also the research that I was doing at the time so I've been learning centre manager I am currently program leader for learning skills. I've been teaching on screen studies since 2015, and that's Amanda Brennan's area, MA Acting for Screen. It's a wonderful course. If you guys are interested, by the way, I'm sorry to plug, but I have to plug. Please apply, it's great. <laughs> um, I'm also currently inclusion specialist for Central. It's been really wonderful to be working in a space which recognizes your strengths and your, your skills and your experience, and then you're not sort of stuck if that makes sense you're able to be quite fluid so I've been quite fluid <laughs> and, certainly, and certainly very busy from the sounds fit as well <laughs> yes definitely I mean, as you've just mentioned you're involved in numerous different areas from lecturing to the learning center and obviously your work as central's inclusion specialist maybe tell us a little bit more about some of those roles and what they entail and and maybe the impact I guess that they can have 
Sure. Well, I'll start with the inclusion role because I, it's, it's something that's very close to my research, to my heart, to my own lived experience as, as a melanated woman. I have just been really excited to be part of the journey that we're currently on. As, a, as an institution and to have some sort of inclusion in, in the way that that's steered and led working with colleagues fantastic colleagues one of the criticisms we often have with inclusion is that it's a box ticking exercise so what i love about what we're doing at the moment is that we're consciously challenging that narrative and we're trying to lead inclusion in um conservatoire sector and the he sector in the best way that we can that involves a lot of self-reflection working together having difficult conversations and we we are engaging with that so i've been really excited about bringing in colleagues and friends and comrades from the anti-racist scholarly work that i do outside of central into this narrative and so we've had dr muna abdi uh, recently who's been uh, delivering all of our mandatory training for staff and for students which i've been really excited about and yeah so the inclusion side of it it's quite composite because we're trying to bring together all the different aspects of what we do as an institution towards a culture that fosters inclusion but also fosters a genuine commitment to decolonizing and and to working together but also we're conscious that we are dealing with some quite problematic national narratives as well so it's a challenge but it's an interesting challenge screen studies i've already mentioned it's my passion because i come from a background in film and media as I mentioned before so it's really lovely to be to remain connected with my original discipline. I just love the students every year we have a bunch of such talented students who go on to make brilliant films and you know which do their rounds in the, the festival circuits and beyond. I feel such a pride and I think that's a teacher in me really I just feel such pride that I that, that our students are achieving in that way it's just so wonderful to see. And then learning skills is a really interesting bag because it's learning development for the full student body. Through the programme, I'm able to access all the programmes and the potential to, to access all the students is there as well. So that's just a really lovely way to stay connected on a grassroots level to the institution. It is a lot of work, you're right, but it's work I enjoy. And I do very much love being part of the community and, and having these different ways of engaging with the community. It must be really rewarding being able to positively impact members of the central community in so many different ways as well with those various roles. So, so thank you ever so much for, for sharing that uh, with us. Bringing Shona back in, maybe you could tell us a little bit how the two of you met and when you first started collaborating. Yeah, well, I think it's quite interesting, actually. I was just listening to Jabiria there again, and I always forget how much we've got in common. I mean, and I think part of how we first met was through those commonalities, actually, around teaching, around learning, and obviously around anti-racist practice. So I was presenting down at a conference at the University of Hertfordshire, um, and I think that was in like 2013, do you think? Yeah. Yes, it was. And I was presenting there around the white spaces work. And so, yeah, I was doing a workshop and Javiria was there. I actually remember kind of first meeting you. I don't know. There was a really strong connection, actually, wasn't there? There was. There was. So I should really say what really impressed me about Shona's workshop, I knew a little bit about critical race theory, but I hadn't really encountered an explicit focus on whiteness, especially in an inclusion conference context to date. That's what drew me to the workshop in the first place. 
And I think now we're in a culture where whiteness concepts are quite openly discussed and talked about and understood in the spirit that they meant. But I think when Shona was doing it, especially in the context of this particular workshop, it, that lexicon, that language, that literacy just wasn't there. So there was a lot of fragility. There was a lot of defensiveness. And the way that Shona managed that situation, that managed that energy, was just so much poise and dignity and criticality. She was very unapologetic, which I, you know, hats off to you, Shona. I was so impressed. But then also just standing tall, you know, in the face of it and saying, no, actually, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and trying to have a critical conversation. So I was just really drawn to that approach from Shona and also just the content of her workshop was really interesting to me as well. From that point, we were in touch, weren't we? And yeah. kind of trying to find ways to kind of connect and work together more consistently. One of the things that I think um, really has always been important for me around the connection between Javeria and I is the, are these multiple kind of connections to different aspects of the education space that we've had. So I was based at the University of Leeds when, when Javiri and I first met, but I'd been working on a really large scale, probably the largest scale project at, at the time that I was working on it at the University of Lancaster, which looked at the barriers to black women's and black people's entry into leadership positions right across the learning and skills sector and so Javeria and I's kind of relationship to parts of FE, parts of work-based learning, there are those kind of multiple connections to what it means to be an educator, who deserves to be educated and what the relationship of education to radical practice is and I think if I would say as well as our nuanced, obviously we have our own points of view around race, education, decoloniality, but we, we do have a real commitment to nuance and to understanding nuance, not something that is problematic for creating institutional interventions around racism and inequality and social justice, but as really kind of important to enabling the creation of a space for conversation where multiple people can come in and engage where they are really. That brings us really nicely to, you know, looking at Black History Interruptions this year. Tell me a little bit first, maybe, about how the idea for Black History Interruptions first came about. Okay, so I, outside of the academic work and the educationalist work, I've been an anti-racist activist for over 20 years. It used to manifest in more traditional formats of protest, so going out to the streets, trying to intercept EDL marches and so on. And then over time that changed and became more scholarly. As part of that, I have felt a very strong commitment to trying to sort of shift the discourse when it comes to concepts of race and memory, national memory, social memory, historical memory, and so on. So this idea of black history interruptions just really emerged from that work that I've, I've been doing for quite some time. I myself, as I mentioned in the Performing Race keynote uh, back in 2018, embarked on a journey of self-discovery, looking into my own ancestry and my own background. And I discovered that I had a line of very, very quintessentially British ancestors who were classified as colonial subjects, but nonetheless were about as British as you can get. And that just opened up this whole 
I guess, insight for me in many ways that things are not segregated. We're often segregating things based on um, sort of racializations and so on. So I wanted to challenge that. I wanted to challenge this idea of a segregated uh, model of history. You know, we don't have white history and black history. We just have history. We might have a white lens to understand certain historical contexts. We might have certain nationalistic positions to understand certain historical contexts, but we fundamentally are all just living life and having a shared history here. So black history interruptions is ideologically interrupting the concept of a black history being separate to history and argues against this concept that you need one month a year to celebrate the contributions of black communities and individuals to our history. And it does so through events which could be framed as interruptions. So, for example, last year we had Nicola Rollock. We had Kahindi screen his Psychosis of Whiteness film with Eugene Nolman. We had tribe arts come in and do a range of workshops. We had spoken word artists go over to Leeds. So we've been putting on a range of events. The way the collaboration began was that because Shona and I work quite closely together on a range of different conceptual work, I sort of ran the idea by Shona. I was like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Black history interruptions, it should be collaborative because again, that's another model that's just very rarely done where two universities as far apart as the North and the South will get together and do things which are co-located, which are available to all students and, and colleagues. I said, let's articulate some of the stuff we talk about. Let's collaborate. So we did. We collaborated last year and we put on a co-located program and it worked really well. We loved what we were able to achieve from that and we wanted to carry on. So this year, we're in our second year in Black History Interruptions. You mentioned a couple of the events that were held last year. What kind of events this year are, are on and, and, and I guess how can people attend those? So I'm really excited about the event running on Monday the 26th of October online, 6pm, which is the Leeds part of this year's programme. Um, it brings Speak Woman Speak, which is um, a Leeds-based woman-led collective theatre production company, and it focuses on Soledad and Beto, which is an amazing piece of kind of performance theatre, which focuses on the histories of two women one located in St Kitts as a one-woman slave revolt and one based in Spain, in Franco Spain, so different different time frames. But the importance of, of that piece really is about the way that these two women's histories are interconnected. So there are multiple sorts of inter interruptions in the way that we're thinking of interruptions in the context of black history interruptions in relation to thinking about who holds the agency in relation to history, who resists. So we learn a lot about individual women's agency and the relationship between these women's stories and their resistances. And then we get to talk to um, Leah Francis and Carmen Motorel, who are the two women who um, run that company. So it's going to be brilliant. I can't wait. Great. Collective watching, collective engagement. The central event as part of Black History Interruptions um, is going to be an African storytelling online workshop. I'm so excited about this particular workshop because it's been about a year in the organising and, and sort of materialising of it. So pre-COVID, the idea was it was going to be a face-to-face -face workshop and we're going to have this facilitator come in a lot more for us as well. She's a griot, so for those of you that don't know, a griot is the oral history 
keeper of an African village. So it keeps all the oral histories and keeps those sort of going so that the ancestral knowledge is not lost. My apologies if I've not described that properly, um, paraphrasing a lot here, uh, but that's the gist of it. And we've got a griot who I, whose work I encountered when I was undertaking a diversifying leadership course, which was a higher education academy course. And I was, I can't explain the feeling I had at the end of this workshop. It was, it felt like a spiritual experience, if I'm honest. I felt energized. I felt in, at one with myself. Um, it was a wonderful experience. And I wanted to share that with the um, Central and the Leeds community, actually. So we are currently on Eventbrite. It's bookable via Eventbrite, as is Shona's event. This event has currently sold out, but we are operating a waiting list. So if anybody's interested, please do join the waiting list. If you are signed on and you can't make it anymore, please do give your ticket up because there are quite a few people wanting to participate. But yeah, and I'm really excited because it's so much in the discipline and the ethos of this event, the idea of histories, who tells them, how they're told, who owns that, and, and to have that in the framework of, a, of an African storytelling workshop delivered by a griot, I think it's, it's just very aptly capturing Black History Interruptions. And you mentioned, Javiria, that people can sign up through Eventbrite, but is there a particular place they can get information about both events? Absolutely. They can go onto the central events page on our website and they'll be able to access links to both events. Fantastic. So, yeah, that's uh, www.cssd.ac.uk. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like it's a a brilliant uh, programme of events. Javiria and Shona, what's next for you both? What what else are are you working on currently? Okay, so um, we've always got a lot on, <laughs> but in terms of immediate kind of writing projects, I'm co-editing with a colleague of mine, um, Christy van der Westen Quirzen at Nelson Mandela University in South Africa, the first handbook of critical whiteness studies that's been published by uh, Routledge in end of 2021, beginning of 2022. So Javeria is writing a chapter in that book for us, along with 35 other people from all over the world. So um, people can find out about that on the White Spaces website. So that's kind of part of that. And then I've got lots of different individual bits going on, lots of art stuff, some performance piece that Kathleen Halash from Goldsmith and I were supposed to be um, putting on up at Leeds prior to the COVID business as part of the Leeds International Festival Fringe. So lots of different things. And I suppose one of my speaking events that's coming up most soon is at Birkbeck or not at Birkbeck it's virtually obviously um, and it's the it's for the policy ontologies series of events people can find out about that at Birkbeck uh, that's on the 12th of November so various bits and lots of other stuff and me and Javeria have got loads of other things to do <laughs> Yep, totally seconding that. Loads of other things to do. I I will continue um, working alongside my work at Central. I will continue working on the Social Performance Network's profile and the work that we're doing through that network. So there are quite a few events in the pipeline. Watch this space. We launched a podcast series called Offscript off the back of Social Performance Network, which I'm really delighted about. We've had a really strong first series some wonderful guests including Professor Mark Anthony Neal from Duke University and Nels Abbey who wrote how to um, think like a white man sorry Uh, so really excited about this podcast so please do 
keep connecting with the Social Performance Network and the work that we're doing. Also, I've been asked to speak at a Women Theatre Justice event, which again is virtually happening, but it's essentially Leeds University. And it's a collaboration between Clean Break and Slunglow, and they're working in conjunction with Women Theatre Justice. So I'm really excited. That's on the 11th of November at six o'clock, and then that's bookable via Eventbrite. I'm also participating on the Sustain Hoods Ecology Project, which we recently were selected for at Central by the Being Human Festival. So I'm really excited about that and working on that. And I've also been in consultations with Parliament on the support of Black, Asian, minority, ethnic researchers. So lots going on outside of Central and then in Central, I shall continue with the inclusion work, screen teaching and uh, learning development, but also um, one something I forgot to mention and I should really, should really mention is the Global Majority Staff Network. So uh, being a founding chair of that, I'm just really excited about continuing work with that network. And yeah, if you are one of our Melanated community members, please do join us. We do lots of really fun things um, or planning on doing lots of really fun things like uh, going to galleries, watching films, having conversations, having chats. So I know we're a little bit limited with COVID at the moment, but we're, we're persevering and we're trying. So do join us if you're interested and information can be found in, in staff newsletters. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that both. And, and thank you both of you for speaking with us today. That's been absolutely amazing to find out about everything that you're doing. And of course, those events that we talked about as part of Black History Interruptions. Javeria did just, of course, uh, touch on her work as Inclusion Specialist for Central and as the founding chair of the school's Global Majority Staff Network. I'm also excited to introduce you to the Student Union's returning Black and Ethnic Minorities Officer, Monica Beckel-Stracken, who has more information about the SU's programme of events for the coming year and how students can engage with the Students' Network of Colour. Hi everyone, I'm Monica, Monica Rose. I am a BA Acting CDT. You've got to rep your class. You've got to love your class, guys. Third year, I'm also the casually known as BAME officer, the Black and Ethnic Minorities officer. Sub note, there have been talks into getting this name changed as myself and others now feel that we are no longer the minority, but the global majority. So yeah, watch this space, watch this space. Thing, big things are coming. Change is still imminent. Coming into this year, I think for everybody has been such an eye opener. So I'm hoping to raise your spirits, lift your spirits a little bit as we all transition on to this beginning of your academic year. For some of you, the middle of your journey for others and the end of your journey for some as well. Firstly, happy Black History Month, everyone. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, he feeling really, really, really excited because at the end of the day, I mean, we're all struggling with the pandemic of COVID, but I think it's really important that we try to keep raising our awareness, keep lifting our positive inputs and our creative direction within the arts. So normally I would roll out a series of events as I did last year, as this is my second year in the role as BAME officer. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we were unable to get people together this year. So I've been rolling out a lot of my workshops online on Zoom classes and they've been fantastic. Just to name a few, some of the ones that we've had this year, we have had the Freshers event 2020, 
vision curated by me thinking about things differently it's been fantastic i mean i wasn't expecting the turnout that we got but i was overwhelmed by it and i feel super proud to be a part of that process and helping people to articulate how they feel as artists going into this post-covid future that still has got so many uncertainties for all of us um so that's the first thing. The second thing is I will be running my campaign in the spring term. So look out for that. We also have the first official Afrobean and Caribbean society that will be opening up soon. So that's a fantastic, fantastic news about that. And yeah, I'm going to continue to roll out these workshops for all of you to get involved in as we continue on through this academic year. I think it's really important that we stick together and we make a real effort to consciously get involved in these workshops because they're so beneficial for us to get together as a community, for us to be involved in everything that's going on with Central and to keep these conversations happening so people don't think that this is just a one-off thing that goes away and then we forget about it no these conversations are going to keep taking place radical changes are going to keep happening structural development is being rolled out curriculum change is happening and i think that if we keep these things on the forefront of the topic of conversation then we never become redundant or irrelevant you know we maintain to build structures that we can all get behind and i think that's really one of the beautiful things about this role and why i love being on the su i've also been made um the new student ambassador for race and equality which is an honor so stay tuned for hearing about more things to do with that the student network of color will be rolling out events this year so please get involved with our facebook page and our official instagram page and please don't hesitate to hit me up thank you all for listening and sending you all love and light love and solidarity thank you bye thank you monica and if you're listening to us at home thank you for joining us for series two of discover central we hope you'll join us for our next episode But for now, from all of us at Central, take care and we'll see you next time.